from thereabouts, this is a brand new, as yet to be named, chat show we'll be doing regularly, hosted by the author of the music you're hearing right now, and myself, Angus. But, before we get started, a quick note. It's been eight years since thereabouts began, and in that time we've survived off your support, essentially, through you championing us and various partners who have funded our work. We are eternally grateful for that, and will continue to develop and produce new work in the exact same way. That said, we want the freedom to work closer with you all, and so to facilitate that, we are trying a new approach, which will have us connect more directly with you, release more new work all across a wider range of mediums. So with that, please, if you like what you hear or have seen, get behind our ghost, which essentially works the same way as Patreon for those who are familiar with that. You can hit the link in bio, show notes, uh, or just head to our website for more information. Being a subscriber gives you access to more content, new merch, and an ever-expanding cast of thereabouts collaborators. I guess the best way I can describe it is it's like getting married to a cult, but Howdy sports fans, Uh, Angus here, welcoming you to a new show with uh, my co-host, me, (laughs) who speaks for himself, Lockie, how you doing? I'm good, Uh, I'm well, excited to be joining um, the podcast sphere, (laughs) Uh, yeah. Long anticipated, I think, uh, and I'm also very excited that you're joining the pod, the pod sphere. Where are you joining the pod sphere from? I'm in Menorca, live from the island. Um, yeah, I'm over here to do like a FKT trail ride tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, just hanging out in uh, Mao is the town. Uh, and it's sweet. It's sweet out here. I've had a couple of days out here, um, just hanging out. So, not the regular place, I guess, but it's a good spot. You have you've told me about Menorca or that you're going there a couple of times over the last uh, few weeks, but I've honestly got no idea where it is. It sounds like Mallorca. Yeah, it's like so just about it's near Mallorca. Um, so it's like a it's like a mini Mallorca. Um, and it's a lot like, there's a lot less people. It's a lot slower paced. Um, and the culture is like a lot more, I guess, preserved. And it's very like, it's kind of quiet. And um, it's like a bit of a throwback. Um, it's kind of like when you go to Tasmania, <laughs> you know, it's like, just like everything's right. the same, but you're just like, ah, everything just feels a bit, slower and older um it's really nice we caught the ferry out here um and 
Yeah, it's just like, um, it's off-season as well, you know, it's like the middle of winter. Um, but it's it's one of those th- weird things that like every now and then you realize, you're like, oh, we're actually f- pretty far out in the ocean here. Like, <laughs> it's like, I think... How long was the ferry eight ride? Eight hours. Um, you go overnight. Right, so it's like an international time yeah, trip. Like you, even you're just like way out in the middle of the ocean. Um, and like obviously, mate, you could see uh, Majorca from like the southern kind of end of the island. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's like a totally different climate. Like it's windy as hell. <laughs> um, and then like it's just a uh, like there's all these tiny like mini mini islands like just off this island right like that you see it and it's just like you know 100 meters across or 200 meters across and yeah right and is it like what's the landscape it's like, like? rough it's like rocky windswept um but then like there's these tiny little coves that are like like beautiful little pristine beaches um and there's no like major elevation on the island um I think the high point's like maybe 200 meters. I know on the trail, the high point is like 130 meters or something. Um, so it's everything's like quite low and flat, but it's like very rocky. Um, but yeah, there's like these, these mini islands just off the coast that have like these lizard species that like yeah. have been, they don't live on the mainland, they only live specifically on each island. And they've been there for like thousands of, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of years. And they've all just developed like, they've evolved to individually to this like tiny little island. And one of them's got like 18 of these lizards Are they on big? It. No, they're just like small and they're just, but they're just particular to this one like tiny little... Weird. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's just a crazy place. Um, and... I'd honestly never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, it's really cool. And the trail is absolutely brutal. <laughs> it's so, yeah, so, so difficult. I, w- I want to talk like more deeply about this FKT thing a little bit okay. later. But 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 I want to hear like how long is it? Give me like a, you know, elevator pitch of it's it. It's like 185k um, to full lap around the edge of the island. Uh, and it's very much um a mountain bike like event <laughs> right and is it all single track um it's got a mix of everything like some of it you're just literally riding along the beach um there's a few spots where you're on the road yeah, right. and then a lot of it's like there's some like nice single track and then there's some stuff that's just like hiking hiking trails um so it's like it's one of the. It's very. It's a very particular trail that, like, it's hard to explain until you see it. You know, even like I saw videos of it before, and then you ride it, and you're like, oh wow, okay, this is um, a lot more difficult than I thought. Got you, got you. Well, let's talk about that in a minute. But but first, what? Let's let's talk about this podcast because I'm sure you've got an idea. <laughs> I'm sure I've got an idea. We haven't really spoken too much <laughs> about it. And so I figure, you know, for uh, our audience, our sports fans, 
what do you what do you want this podcast to be? What are we going to be talking about? Um, you know, basically, the way I see it is like we could talk about whatever we want a little bit, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. like things that are interesting. Um, maybe like only to us, <laughs> maybe not to anyone else, but um, yeah. and. I don't know, just a, a space to like talk about the cycling world um, without like being discipline or genre specific um, and not take it like too seriously because <laughs> I think um, there's enough of that. I would agree with you. I feel uh, I feel very similar. I think... It's going to be nice to be able to just talk about whatever, catch up. Yeah. You know, we get to see each other infrequently. Yeah. And so it's nice to uh, shoot the shit. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any ideas what we should call it? <laughs> no, I don't. I, don't. Um. I, was, I was thinking the brothers Grimm, <laughs> except replacing Grimm with something clever, but I can't think of it. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I was trying to think of like a play on thereabouts, but I just get yeah. like like chat about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like we should call it whereabouts <laughs> because that's what everyone calls yeah. thereabouts. <laughs> Like the guy in the street's like, oh, hey, 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 <laughs> and it's, it's Gus from Whereabouts. And we just talk about the, nice. it's like an educational podcast about the like Whereabouts <laughs> anti-doping platform. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's basically like a uh, a troubleshooter yeah. <laughs> for like people that one, want to know about what it is and then two, people that are on it but can't get out to work. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to do this video <laughs> conference. Like once a year with a guy who works at um, Adams, which is like the anti-doping thing. And like, yeah, by the time you're a world tour athlete, everyone except for like maybe two or three new guys. But also you end up doing this call in like end of February. Everyone knows how it works by that point. Like if you didn't know how it worked, you would have been had like three missed tests already, <laughs> you know, like it'd be over. Right, you'd be, but you'd it's be on still the like list. this weird obligation, and this poor guy has to like have, <laughs> sit there and have this video conference <laughs> that like <laughs> he must know no one's listening to, and like everyone has to sit through it, and then it's like this awkward thing, like are there any questions? And it's just like, no, like just don't take drugs and tell us where you are. <laughs> like <laughs> that's all there is to it. Uh, and is it like the whole team at once or does it break up into well, groups? It, we did it at training camp this year. So there was like, I don't know, 15 or 20 of us in a room just like on this video right. conference. And then everyone else had to tune in like remotely. Um, but yeah, it just got to this awkward bit at the end where it was just like, is there any questions? And it's just like, <laughs> we waited for like too long. But... I don't know. I had this feeling that it was just like he knew, like we knew, and it was just like, why are we all wasting our time? Um, but I guess they have to be sure. It's like, okay, there's no excuse. You you said you knew how it worked, um, which 
ultimately is a good thing, but it's just <laughs> right. And then there's like some poor kid who's like somehow catapulted from obscurity into a world tour team, and he's nervous as hell because he's sitting next to like Rigoberto Iran. <laughs> And has no idea how it works. And he's too afraid to put his hand up. Exactly. (laughs) And then we read a story about him in Cycling News, like in 12 months' time. Yeah, just filing failures. (laughs) Right, exactly. Filing failures in his first month. And they're like backdating his band or something. Poor guy. He's out there somewhere right now just freaking yeah, out. Yeah, so we could just call it whereabouts and we'll just explain the ins and outs and we'll just get that guy on. <laughs> Dude, he could be a special guest like once yeah. every month. This is fun facts. He could fact check. So like we get him on, we just talk about what it, like what we think it is and then he comes in and goes, well, actually in episode two, minute 33, I'd like to clarify that that point about calling him. <laughs> Uh, is actually yeah. false. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we've settled that. So we it's, haven't settled uh, on the name. You know, whereabouts. <laughs> we haven't Pardon? settled on the name, but... We'll no, we haven't. <laughs> we've settled on the fact that we should also do a yeah. podcast about the whereabouts. Yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have that one separate. Exactly. So, for now, the name is... Uh, it's It's not concrete. I guess we should put it out to people and if you have a suggestion, yeah. give it to exactly. us. We may or may not read it. Yep. Um, nice. Well, let's... Uh, I have a couple of questions yep. here. I came in slightly prepared Good. for this. Um, one thing... Well, one thing I want to know is, right, you had a big year last year, obviously... Um, what was like, and this can go, this is broader than just anything that you did. This is, can be culture, whatever. What was one thing that really got you excited from the last year? During the last year? Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, we're not yeah defined by 31st of December. One thing that got me super excited in the last year. Um... I actually think that like cycling's in an exciting spot at the moment. Um mm-hmm. just like the sport on a whole because it's like I think the from a racing standpoint at like the high end it's like as a spectator it's really fun to watch. Um it's pretty like difficult to take part in <laughs> but it's it's very, it's very fun to watch um and then i think there's just like a lot of different things like you know like there's the gravel scene the ultra scene the mountain biking there's a lot of like things that were like i guess smaller definitely very much like niches that are becoming like a lot more popular uh, and a lot more people are getting involved in which like there's like growing pains and stuff that come with that I think that like um, everyone Mm. has their own opinion on but I I think it's just exciting in general that like there's so many people interested in in bikes right now Um, and so many people riding bikes I think it's like it's a cool time to be 
involved in the sport as far as like I've been riding for ages and it's like now feels like a time when you're like it's fun to be a bike rider um I feel that too and I think like I'm just trying to remember I think you said this well you've said this to me at some point it might have been on the podcast we did like ages ago uh, for Outspoken but you were sort of saying like professional road racing is like this tiny slither uh, of overall participants or interest in cycling but it sort of seems to represent the whole do you feel and you've jumped genres constantly and, and continue to do you feel like it's kind of coming together a bit more and these other areas of the sport are getting more exposure maybe or yeah it's all feeling a little bit more cohesive? i think like the the doors open now and like the industry is also taking notice so like um i think like you know sponsors and like people putting in money uh taking interest because it's more people are riding their bikes in in different ways right so like there's a lot more people who are able to make a living out of the sport um and maybe not even be super competitive you know or maybe not competitive at all which is cool because it enables like all this exploration into like different different parts of bike riding right like there's so many resources that have been poured into like how fast can a man go on a road bike <laughs> and like yeah. it turns out if you pour enough resources into they go really fucking fast <laughs> you know <laughs> and they're just gonna keep going faster and like like okay that's cool it's fun to see that um but now it's kind of like all right we can pour resources into people who are just like uh you know creating and riding new routes you know or um people who are trying to build like parts of the cycling community that have been like neglected or haven't haven't been able to be accessed by you know minorities or people who don't you know haven't traditionally been involved in the sport and that's getting like some recognition starting to um so right i think in that regard it's like yeah the the doors like cracked open a bit and um a lot of people are like forcing their way through and 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 finding new and exciting spaces that like probably weren't around like even two or three years ago you know um so it's kind of like you're starting to see the changes that like I think we personally had always hoped to see bike riding, which makes me like hopeful, you know? Um, and it's cool to like see it starting. And um, I think as long as like the, the people involved with it don't try and take too much ownership, <laughs> you know, or don't let like yeah traditional parties take ownership of it, then it's a great thing. Yeah, it's funny. I did a ride 
just recently and the part that people seem to be most psyched on was the bit that we were walking our bikes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's like oh sick you took your bike for a walk yeah, exactly um <laughs> it's, finally, it's finally cool <laughs> just walk your yeah bike. exactly exactly right they're like riding <laughs> shit but walking your bike that's, that's cool. sick. now we're talking um okay so the the like high level world tour racing scene right it's like very focused obviously everyone in there is under a huge amount of yeah. pressure like you said you know we got to go fast and it turns out we can go pretty fucking fast how how do you when you go i mean you raced on the road a couple of days ago in in that setting mm-hmm. um do people like look at you and one like know what you're doing i mean surely they do yeah. But two, are they like interested in any way or like is it, are they threatened? What's the like feeling? Uh, I think it's a, uh, it seems pretty positive now. Um, I think like mm. because I'm not like threatening to win their races <laughs> really um, <laughs> probably helps. No, I think it's just like, um, I think a few, maybe like two years ago when I first started doing it, um, it was just like, I think people were just kind of like, oh, one foot out the door, kind of like, stop taking him mm. seriously. Um, but now I think I, there's just people more genuinely interested, at least amongst teammates. Um, and like the races go so fast now that no one talks really anyway. So, <laughs> um, you don't really like, you don't really get a chance to chat in the bunch um, unless you're like telling someone to get out. So like, um yeah no it feels like overwhelmingly like just positive and more so even from like like directors and stuff you know they're like come to the race and they're just kind of like interested in what you've been up to or like what you got coming and like um how you feel about just racing in general um so no it's it's nice that's interesting Because I remember you and I having conversations with like world tour directors not very long ago, and they like laughed. Yeah, I'm sure we most like, of them this is still what do. We want to do, <laughs> but yeah. <and> like, <laughs> but it's funny to see like those same people are like not only participating in it, but they're like, yeah, oh, this is I do this too. I'm part of this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool. It's really cool yeah. to see that. Uh, I also, I just think um, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, it's good. And I think ultimately it's going to be more appealing to like pro guys, like to have a separate or like another chance at cycling in a way. Like I think they can, there's more of a door now where it's like you can kind of finish with elite racing or step out of elite racing and go and approach cycling in a different way that's maybe more fun you have more control over more enjoyable um and then ultimately not leave cycling with just like one experience in it so i think like there's definitely some people i think who ask me more questions or take more interest because they're kind of maybe Mm -hmm. thinking like oh i could walk down that route um which is great you know, I think that's that's a a cool a cool thing. It's not like uh, 
and you so like sorry to cut you off um well like but to, to like on this point right like your alt tour i just read um somewhere that the impressions whatever that <laughs> means uh that the, your alt tour had was greater than or like the same as the tour de france itself how do you think like like surely teams are going oh christ we need to do something like this like are there any other teams that are trying to do like send riders create their own locking uh, i don't know um i'm sure they will do right um mm. because like you can't always be winning races <laughs> just i mean there's some a few teams who right. can but most teams can't um and i think like it would make sense just purely from like a business model <laughs> that you had like another right like i guess way to make impressions <laughs> for for your sponsors um but to be honest i don't know and um i'm not like i don't take a huge amount of interest in it um yeah i you. think like if it happens, I hope it's just as long as it's not. I think the second it becomes like, oh, we're going to have a rider who's like for social media, essentially, mm. like, and that's like their whole role, then it becomes a weird space, I think. Yeah. Well, it becomes an influence yeah, space. Yeah, exactly. Uh, In the kind of social media definition of totally which like um yeah then it, i don't know <laughs> because then it's a yeah. different thing altogether um and, <laughs> i mean it could happen <laughs> in which case like then um i would have done the wrong thing maybe <laughs> 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 you yeah. know but um I don't know. I think that if teams can leave like some space for uh, riders to like explore bikes beyond traditional race programs, then that's great, you know, and they should like leave that door open and support riders who do that um, because it, it only does, I think it only does good for everyone. It does good for the sponsors because it's like, okay, there's more eyes on us basically just very simply uh, i think it's mm -hmm. good for the sport because it's like okay it opens up different possibilities for ways to ride your bike um and more people are seeing more different like new eyes who maybe have only seen cycling through one lens start to see it through a different lens and then i think from a rider's perspective i think it does them a lot of good uh to like get outside of the like racing bubble <laughs> you know um yeah because the more time i spend outside of the racing bubble and come back in you realize you're like oh man this is like a pressure cooker and it's like not the real world <laughs> you know it's just yeah um which i'm grateful to have spent time outside now because i think if i'd spent all my time inside of in in that like race mode 
um, in that world, like it would have been very difficult to come out of it, you know, at a later stage. So, yeah, I think it, it just, it seems to work on like a lot of levels. So, um, I hope more teams like allow riders to do that. And like you are seeing it, like I think there was the young uh, American kid, uh, Eddie, Eddie Anderson, he's on... Alberson, mm-hmm. he was doing a bunch of like I think he was at Leadville and Unbound. There was a kid from Movie right. Star Un- Unbound, I think. Like, and from what I understand, this is this wasn't like the team being like, "All right, we're going to send two guys um, yeah. because it's important." It was like these kids putting their hand up and being like, "Oh, hey, can I go and race this?" Um, which is cool that teams have been like, "Yeah, sweet, you yeah. can go do that." Which I think that's the better way than like quick step turning around and saying actually we're going to send six guys to unbound next year <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. because like everyone knows that if quick step sends six guys like they're going to have four out of the top five you know like they they are better <laughs> like it's not like it's not a secret <laughs> but i don't think that would do the right thing to the scene you know it wouldn't be the right like message and then you get into a space where you're like okay well maybe like you're getting uh eyes on sponsors but maybe you're not getting the right reception (laughs) you know it's like maybe you're putting the sponsor in a bad light because it's like you know you kind of you're not coming in 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 the right spirit or whatever it is but i think like exactly there's like a everyone in and if you like if you Make it like you t- you're telling a guy to go do something like that, uh, like or a rider. Like you'd be like, okay, you have to go and do Unbound or Leadville or something. Like, I don't think those are the kind of races you you just send people to. <laughs> you know that like that already would send like would bring the wrong environment, bring the wrong mood vibe. I don't know. Right. Well, the race existed with or without them, or exists with or without them, and it sort of was. It's not like you know the tour of Basque Country that exists for pro riders to race. And like, as I'm sure, as an organizer of one of those races, like they must look at all the hassle that comes with this like top thirty like pro group, and be like, oh man, this is like. We're really putting this on for the other like three thousand people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't a pro event. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so, how like speaking of the old tour in the sense of how we got down this path, I'm interested to hear like what impact did that have on you? as a person right because it was obviously super popular yeah. does that sort of a thing impact you i mean it has to in some way i guess uh yeah um i think it was like i mean the experience itself um was like amazing right like as purely as a ride it was like really uh rewarding uh because like i felt like i I hit a really 
hard to hit like balance of like doing something really difficult but then being able to like process and enjoy it at the same time um so it was just like very fulfilling at the end like there wasn't much i would change about it um but then yeah like to come out the other end and have like a lot of uh exposure from it um is like it's nice that you get like recognition for doing stuff that you like to do um but it's also like strange because like i've been doing the same thing for years now (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and like um it's weird to do one ride or one event and just like have that be the thing um that like changes things you know um because like it was fun and like it was tough and amazing like a a big experience um but like i probably had four or five other bike rides that no one knows about last year that i have the same feeling for (laughs) so like now now it's weird to be like have like someone recognize you like in a random place that like was never have happened before like at an airport or something be like oh you're the tour guy Mm. you know Mm. and you're like (laughs) i guess i am i'm the fucking (laughs) the tour tour guy guy. Uh, tour guy get a photo and then it's like you're like i've never even ridden the tour de france (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was never good enough to ride the tour <laughs> do you hope to one day uh, um uh oh yeah i would still like to ride it um but not at the i wouldn't give up the things i can do now to to mm. go and do it you know so i I really like the i feel really lucky to have the space i have now to be able to still race like very top level guys on the road and also turn around the next weekend and come do something like this um you know so i don't i don't think i would trade it just to go ride the tour i also think i came to the realization that like like i know i would hate the environment at the tour like so much pressure (laughs) you know and i think the reason i want to do it is to say I've done it, which is just purely an ego thing. So that the second I'm like, if I'm yeah. general, like if I'm actually honest with myself, it's just, I want to say I've done it. And then at that point, it's like, okay, do you need to do it? Do you know? I don't. Right. So yeah, I don't know. That's a long winded way of saying maybe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And t- you said like, um, you did four or five rides last year that to you were uh, on the same level as the tour. I'm interested to hear your, and this is going to sound like wanky, but I mean this in the sense that everybody has a process. If you're training to be yeah at the tour, there's a process. What's your process for like, finding and deciding on kind of doing a mission um generally 
it uh I, I think it comes back to like my daily process uh is basically to like wake up it's very rare that i've decided on the ride i'm going to do before that day unless i'm like meeting someone or right but generally i wake up and like think about all the places I could go ride and then whatever's getting me the most stoked um, then that's like I, I like build my ride around that and then it's like my idea is it's like you're creating an experience every time you do a ride right and you, you get to curate what that is mm-hmm. um, because <clears throat> I want like every ride to be memorable for some way for some reason because like i used to have so many rides that like were just nothing rides you know like hundreds and hundreds of rides were just training sessions that like i have no specific memory from and so like that's kind of how i go about riding on a daily basis and i'm not always achieving that (laughs) sometimes uh, you end up just doing a very mundane ride um majority of the time i feel like now i can kind of make that happen um and then from there it's like i try and push myself in some way whether that's like riding a trail that's like scares me a little bit or like just pushing the distance a bit further or like just some some aspect of the ride i'll be like all right i need to like push myself in some form and then I guess for like a trip, it's just like you take that and just expand it <laughs> because it's like, okay, maybe right. I can do, like I could ride most places in the world, you know, like, or like you could choose an event that's, that's anywhere. Um, so like what's getting me really excited uh, and then what scares me still a little bit and then what's going to create like a memory, like a lasting memory. Um so that's kind of the process, I guess. But I think, gen- like, it's got to be. It gets harder the the uh, more people involved, um, yeah. and easier and harder. Like, it's easier in that, like, you're <clears throat> enabled. It, like, there's a lot more people to help you make it happen. But um, it's also it gets easier to do things for wrong reasons not just purely because you're like oh that does make me stoked um so that's what i'm very aware of is that hard to resist like in ter- uh, yeah i mean it's hard in that like in terms of you you want to keep everyone happy <laughs> you know um yeah but i think ultimately like um i always just come back to it's just like you have to just be genuine and the second you do something that's not like you feel it <laughs> straight away, you know, and like I right. think people are also aware of that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you said about like, uh, well, one thing I've noticed and it just became when you were talking then like into my mind, the difference between going and doing hundreds of it training rides and then how you sort of train and approach training now uh, 
has your relationship like with the land, with the outdoors changed? Yeah, massively. Um, like, I feel like the way I ride now, I get a much better understanding for like where I am. Uh, I feel like because the, the distances, right. I don't ride like, like the distances are much shorter now. <laughs> and everything's slower because generally mm. I'm riding just in like harsher and uh, slower going stuff. It's not like less effort. It's just, I don't know. So, the the radius I ride is probably typically smaller. Um, but it used to be more like you get on my road bike and be like, oh, okay, I can ride to this place that's like 120 k's away. Like I can ride to France. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like get a baguette, and then I can ride back, like all the way back to Spain. You know, and like there'd be some sense of being like, "Well, I covered all that ground," you know. But really, you're on a big road, or you did this, or you did that, and it's like you sort of saw some stuff, but not everything. Um, whereas now, I could do a ride that's like probably like seventy k's long in the same time that like never gets further than like 30 k's away from where i started but you're like feeling the the way that the land is right like it's it's super harsh some bits are super harsh and slow and dry and rocky and then you know other stuff you're like oh wow it's super super wet last year and like it gives you a better understanding of i don't know just where you are the people it also helps to explain like the way people are there sometimes you know like yeah. Um, just yeah I feel like I have a more intimate knowledge of it than I I used to and it's more of a solitary thing now because I spend less time in traffic and like with cars and it's a lot more like you're just alone with the outdoors um, which is it's nice <laughs> you know it's like a nice um, it's a much nicer way to um, ride bikes I think right because I've definitely noticed like you'll sometimes be like oh I did this trail linked to that road linked to this and I'm just like dude I've got no fucking idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. and it's all like and then I like google one of the names I remember I'm like that's like six yeah. anyway. and I've lived in this place for like yeah, 10 years exactly. there's, <laughs> I've got there's no so idea. much there like when I first started um, <laughs> mountain biking around like Girona, it feels like this weird mm. like you know like the upside down in um in Stranger Things, but there's like this ultimate right. version of like the same world, and it's like you're just right on the other side of that veil, and you're like, oh my god, I used to spend the whole time just like in this other world, and like. Sometimes you feel like you're so far away and you pop out in a road and you realize where you are and you're like, oh man, this is like a 20 minute ride from home, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's that like 20 second period where you're trying to work out where the fuck you are and then you're like, oh wait, I've ridden this road like 600 times. Yeah. And then you'll see like yeah. a professional rider like ride past, like they're looking quite serious and like doing an interval or whatever and it's just jarring. You know, because you're like, wow, I used to do that. <laughs> and like, it's not that I hold, like I'm not, I don't hold it against that person because that person's doing what they do and they probably love it, you know. Um, 
But right, it's just funny because I'm like, I used to hate doing it and I would still do it. <laughs> and all this was right here. Um, just feels like it took an age to discover it. But um, yeah, it's funny because it's like... I feel like that's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's even strange to do like... Uh, like go on a training camp and do I did one I only did one ride on the at the training camp but um like to go out and like ride do the side by side thing you know you just like you just ride you just ride two up the yeah. whole time and like you don't even shift spots like you don't even kind of like rotate so you chat to different people it's just like you're like nah I'm just next to this guy locked into yeah. one person and it's like we're just gonna chat and then after fucked it up at the yeah, start. Yeah, after half an hour, we're not going to have anything more to now say. With him. And then it's like, well, then we're just going to ride next to each other, but but yeah. we're just going to go hard as shit too. Like, and, and it's like this. I feel like this. <laughs> we're going to do it every day. You know, like we'll break up for efforts or whatever, but then we'll come back to it. It's like there's so many other ways you could be doing this to just like spice it up. Uh, but we don't. It's like driving a classic car. <laughs> And you're like, oh, you get in, and you're like, that's right. <laughs> Things have evolved since yeah. then. It's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Speaking of mountain biking, that's this is something that fascinates me. So you and I went to, with a bunch of other people, to Cape Epic this yeah. year, which was sick. And, you know, I've watched you mountain bike and I've obviously known about mountain biking and you know, watched it and enjoyed it to some degree. But one thing I had no idea about was just how technical it is. And I mean that in in a very broad sense, like from how you tune the suspension, the tires that you use, how you change tires, pressure, yada, yada, yada. And then also from a riding point of view, like, the skill element. How much skills make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how's, how has that process been kind of immersing yourself and learning essentially a new sport? It's fun. It's fun to like... Because uh, <laughs> to start with, it's just you're just bad at it, right? There's no two ways about it. Like, Right. I, I yeah. like, didn't grow up with mountain bikes. Um, I was like a road rider. But... It's fun to just, I don't know, because I spent so many years like uh, working just as hard to like stay as good, <laughs> you know? So like mm-hmm. everyone's chasing this like 1%, 2% here and there. Um, and like generally they, the, all those 1% and 2% are like in road cycling. It's like, okay, sleep a little bit better <laughs> to like eat this much more carbs or whatever it is. Like you're chasing these weird things that aren't fun. Um, But then to get on a mountain bike and be like, okay, I'm not good at this, but I can like get better at it. (laughs) And like, I'm just going to, every single ride I do, I can get better at it. And like, so you get that really like fun progression again. Um, And you get to learn like all the time. Right. And then, on top of that, you're like riding new places and like, like I generally, you, 
like would wake up and feel like I'm like I've just discovered something totally new. You know, like I'm excited to go out and ride to like go play on my bike again. Um so I've like really enjoyed that process of learning it all. Um and mm-hmm. it's like also like pushing yourself again in a way that's like especially like on the, with the technical stuff like you kind of have to force yourself to do stuff that's like a bit scary to you sometimes. Not like, it doesn't have to be huge risk yeah. taking, but you're just trying to progress. So like to do that at some point, you have to do something that you're not quite sure you could do. Um, and that's something that like I hadn't done for a long time, I don't think. Um, so like getting in touch with that again is like super rewarding. And then, like, on a technical side of things, like, um, I don't know. I feel like I've just, I finally understand tires. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> now yeah, I'm moving you. on to suspension. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, a few clicks of rebound and yeah. compression and whatever. And I'm just like, I don't think I'm good enough to tell. <laughs> but I can, I can tell if it's... It's like Gran Turismo 2 when you're, like... <laughs> tuning your suspension on the playstation one yeah do you remember when and you're like i don't know add some negative <laughs> do you remember when dad would like take an interest in us playing grand turismo and like we end up doing yeah, laps like, and, yeah up. it would be like changing the camber on the tires and stuff and then it would just slowly suck the joy out of it because you just essentially <laughs> yeah like bump and rebound and all this shit and you just like like a pre-season if i can get you season track day <laughs> you know yeah, just like five hours on the PlayStation. <laughs> exactly. You get that like weird locked <laughs> thumb because you're just jamming the throttle so hard. I'm sore. It's like, oh yeah, okay. I do Take remember a that. Positive camber out. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, Dad, I'm just trying to drive. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I remember that too with the Paddock Basher. Um, we went with uh, family friends of ours, Andrew. Yeah. Lockie, but for everyone listening, um, our next door neighbors were really into motor racing. And we took the paddock basher down to like a Gymkhana <laughs> to race. And I just remember it was the same thing. We were like messing with tire pressures. And like Harry, my friend, and I were like, Dads, can we just go and drive <laughs> the thing? Like, who gives a shit if we like shave 0.6 of a second off? Like, I reckon lower pressure. And you're like, I just want to drive. Yeah. How funny are Jim Carter's, by the and way? Then you like delaminate the tire and you're like, the whole day is fucked. Dude, Jim Carter's are sick. Yeah. Uh, just like. There's got to be like a Jim Carter version of mountain biking. Oh, man. It's like the Catalan like weekend races are like that. Like, yeah. I went to one the other morning. Really? And the sign on was at like 7 a.m. So it's still dark. <laughs> it's freezing. And like, I didn't have a car in Girona, so I rode out there and they just had like these three big barrels, like fire, fire barrels outside of like a, a, um, like a local, like, uh, basketball court. And then you just went in and like right. paid your 10 bucks, got a number. And then like people just came out of the woodwork. It was like 200 people, e-bikes, didn't matter. Everyone's in one thing and it's, it's not officially a race. Um, and then got you. They're just like sweet. And then you just go. <laughs> it's like fifty k's or something, and you do like 
these gnarly little trails, you know, and it's just like, you end up racing someone who's just like, so good, <laughs> you know, but it's just like, some random right? and like, 15 year old kid, and they're just like, you know, on a bike that you're just like, man, how are they doing this? And they're just so good. And then, and that's, yeah. And then like, the finish of the race is just like, the big sausage sizzle and, you get like a free beer and then it's <laughs> kind of like it. You go home, it's like 10 in the morning. <laughs> right. I love like the idea, like the thing I love about Jim Carner is like someone's welded the front of a Subaru Liberty to like a, <laughs> you know, like a Mazda 626. <laughs> and they've got like these tractor tires <laughs> and it's out in Warhope. And so the mud's a certain way yeah. and they're the, they kill it. Yeah, yeah. And like you could come in like a Ward Rally car and you like wouldn't be able to be. Yeah. But that person can't go anywhere else <laughs> in the world and be competitive because their car's like, <laughs> their equipment is so yeah. focused. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be like, have you ever heard of like... And like, there's got to be, there's got to be a world where that exists. Have you heard of like grass track racing? In cycling. Like, it's like... I have. Yeah, like you do like a, you're on a fixed wheel, like a track bike. But like, bigger mm-hmm. tires and it's like a flat grass oval and you ha- you just like do track racing like that i feel like that's that's got to be the same you know like right exactly right like and someone out there is like making their own tires yeah, exactly exactly because like no tire manufacturer is going to make this like pour the r&d to make this tire that they're going to sell like 30 of you know <laughs> exactly because no one like there's like 20 people yeah, who need it yeah uh, grass track racing <laughs> i'd love to do a bit of grass track racing i'd be so bad at it but it'd be so much fun to go do it does look really fun i remember researching i don't know what and i was like trying to find wacky <laughs> like sporting events and like going down the rabbit hole. There are so many niche things like that. Yeah, It's cool. It just reminds me of like Saturday afternoon football, like Port Pirates versus like versus the Sharks. And you sit on top of the hill and like all the dads are drinking <laughs> beers and like people are all on the verge of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and like these hometown heroes yeah. and they're like the local plumber and like Bricky and real estate yeah. agent. And they're all... Somehow, just really good at it. Like, then there's no training involved, really. They're just like, exactly. It's like they just have this hangover fitness from like high school, <laughs> you know, this residual. Yeah, they're like 35 yeah. though. Well, their job's physical enough that it just keeps them in shape. Like they're they're real athletes. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a hard. real athlete. <laughs> Dude, I feel like that's real sport. Like, yeah, like the people are from the town. They play in the town. The town, like, see them at the bank, <laughs> see them at the coffee shop. They, like, know them. Yeah. You know, you have this investment. You're like, oh, that's Joe. But that's He's hard up against it at the moment. Like, I really hope the team wins. Yeah, and that's when you see, like, the actual, and he's, like, what sport can do, I think. You know, like, on a level like that, when you look at, agree. like, what, like, participating in sport, like, what, like a, a real sporting community looks like that that's when you're like okay this is the role that like sport really plays yeah agree like i think about Sizi 
who was our first coach, and he, like the way he talks about racing at St. George, and like <laughs> Heffron Park, and like with this level of kind of mythology about the characters, who like none of those characters ever went on, well, most of them never went on to like race in the World Tour or go to a Olympic Games or anything necessarily, but they were like fantastic athletes and these like really defined like the sport in a region that influenced people's lives forever which is like fascinating yeah, yeah like i don't i still don't think <laughs> i've met any bike riders who are as famous as those riders he would tell like in their stories like actually seemed you know <laughs> like yeah exactly like in my mind i'm just like those bike riders are still just they had a skill and ability level that's just still never been seen you know i've still never seen somehow <laughs> Exactly, and I think like now, just thinking about like talking about Jim Carners and these sort of like Franken style things, like I feel like wind tunnels and R and D have like ruined all that on the highest level. But people would turn up with like woven spokes, yeah, yeah, and their like their theory was just based off of like some loose science and just <laughs> looking at something and being like, oh yeah, this is. Do you remember Suzy? He would be like, okay, what you got to do is you buy... We would buy the... Um, were they Continental Supersonics? I think th- I think they were Continental right. Supersonic. Anyway, and we'd get them in like 20C. Just these tiny tires. Yeah, or Veloflex. Yeah. And then and then like put them in a, a garbage bag with like... Talcum powder. powder. <laughs> <laughs> dry them out. What do you mean dry them out? What were they wet with? <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, why dry them out so they're so hard that they just slide <laughs> off the we tarmac? Would use them like once a year for that one big race or whatever it was, and pump them up to like a hundred eighty, right. like actually just so hard. And yeah. then like race th- the bike's on the ground less than it's and, uh, in the air because it's just bouncing off. Even the blue it makes metal. like probably now it makes no sense, like scientifically, but. It was obviously a placebo thing because you felt like you were just flying when you would put them on. Do you know? You were like, oh, it's the tel- the talcum powder supersonic. Right. You know? You're like, yeah, you're like, I'm steaming. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody else had a chance. Yeah. Whereas now. You just spent $400 on tires. I've got to pay mum and dad back for like six months to get them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, like, you don't get to do any of that. And they're, like, burnt out after a race, but you won the regional champs. Yeah. yeah. Also, do you have, yeah, that's funny. Do you have bike riders that you like, remember from that era who you just, like, they were such great bike racers? I don't know. I feel like growing up in Australia and, like, there was that kind of senior scene at that time and you'd see people at, like, track mm. meets and that. Like, do you remember the the, the Fitz brothers? The Fitz, was it the Fitzpatrick brothers? The oh, Fitzes? the Fitzes. Yeah. Like, oh, crafty, crafty, mate. They were just so good. You know what I mean? You're like... And like, <laughs> I feel like since then, I've seen a lot of really good bike riders, but I'm still just like, in my head, like, they would just stand out. You're like, they could race, you know? And may I don't right. know, I would love to go and back And like, they'd now. always be like, oh, I haven't touched the yeah, bike in exactly. months. Exactly. They and they win yeah. the wheel race. Never yeah, touch and the they front. They just do like seven hours of training a week, maybe. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
Yeah, they just look super unfit. <laughs> and they're just racing against like Benny yeah, Kay, exactly. world champ. Or, the, or like Smoking. in the first race, they'd look unfit. And then by the last race, they're ripped already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over the course of like a two-hour track same meet. night. <laughs> yeah. And they'd go and do like... Remember that the St. George Madison? Yeah. It was like a 60K Madison on that 400 meter yeah. track. And they would win it. And they would be like <laughs> vomiting midway through. Like fully peaked. And I'd be like training to like make yeah. the world. They're just getting And spiked. you're like getting ridden <laughs> off the wheels. And you're just like, how? Who <laughs> are these guys? Like go on to win a national medal in the Madison, but they fucking lapped you on yeah, a 400 yeah. meter trap. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Like something yeah. doesn't add up. They're, they're all the best yeah. bike riders, I reckon. <laughs> they are. And I remember I used to like hate those track meets sometimes because it was just like so yeah. hard. And the ta- and it was so yeah. tactical. Like someone would be like, nah, mate, I'm done. I'm, I can't take a turn. And then they would yeah. just sprint you. We were, and I could never get my head around that. We were all about honor. It was this thing that... Right, yeah, like exactly. Like uh, I'll die on my yeah. own sword. I remember like uh, carrying that until I was like all the way into like my early 20s. It was like this thing of like, oh, if you miss a turn, you can't sprint. <laughs> you know? And then I realized right. you're like... Dude, I feel like I never just, let that go. You can. It happens all the time, you know. And that's they're the people who yeah, win exactly. races. That's why you yeah. never won. And then you start racing against people. That's why who I feel like I'm like that now. Like, okay, I'm gonna miss a few turns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got to do whatever yeah. it takes. I feel like I'd be good now. Like my mindset now, going back yeah. and racing, like like those sort of like Saturday night track oh, meets. Man. I'd be good because I'd just be. I'll never as forget hell. like going back to local club racing a few years ago, and there yeah. was like a young local kid um, who he was better than me on the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like right. He right. was stronger than me. Like, and I had to pull out all the tricks. You know what I mean? I became like the wily old pro, and like. And just like pulled one over on him. But like to the point where he didn't even know. You know, he thought I was better. And then I just thought back and I was just like, ah, oh, finally the tables have turned. Like I was that young junior for so long. <laughs> and CZ would always somehow beat me, you know. And then like, I was just like, right now I'm that guy. And it's funny that because like <laughs> at the end of the day, like, who, who's better? Like the person who was more tactical or the person who was stronger. And it's annoying because like the person who's more tactical usually wins. And there's something like a disconnect in my mind between like (laughs) how you know how that works. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well let's talk about this FKT. Yeah. We've established it's on a rocky barren uh, island. Yeah. There are prehistoric lizards <laughs> everywhere you know hanging on you like you've got to sometimes stop on the trail so many lizards. because they're there and you have to exactly you're afraid they're going to eat you yeah i mean um what's the like approach um well it's yeah it's 180k 185k and i think the current time is uh, a bit under 11 hours and it's set yeah, by right. 
uh, of like a very good uh, Spanish mountain biker. Um, so it's a legit, it's fast. Um, and from what I understand, he came out and made sure he knew the course. Like it's one of those courses that like there's a thousand ways to gain time and a thousand ways to lose time. Um, like it's very technical. There's 200 gates. <laughs> so like, no, yeah, there's 200 gates. 200? Yeah. So like... Do you have to open yeah, you have them to all? open them all and close them. Um, so... Did you barely even ride it? <laughs> You should run it. And like just being shown around the course by Juan, <laughs> he had this crazy technique of opening the gates where he wouldn't unclip. And he'd just like reach over, like pull it and like oh, really? kind of roll forward on it and open it and shut it. And I was like, oh man, I'm definitely, I'm losing like five seconds a gate <laughs> at least on this thing. Yeah. An hour. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> it's, it's so much time. Right. Um, so it's like, it's a very particular trail and like the the trails themselves are very rocky super loose and like steep like you're just on the coast and there's no climb but you gain i think like it's close to four thousand meters i think um so it's just going to be a brutal that's not a brutal day um but i'm actually super excited to go and do it um because and like do you have to start super early in the morning or uh i'm gonna start at seven which is still dark here but not for long and then hopefully i'll be done before it gets dark at seven again um but i'll have a light in case and it's not um self-supported so they're gonna like bring me bottles and stuff every few hours so that makes it like relatively straightforward in terms of like planning. Um, yeah. But no, I'm just excited to get out there and do something like long and hard and um, just have a day where like I'm only riding bikes <laughs> um, because it's just really yeah. busy lately. So it's nice to like just get out with a simple, single like focus. Uh, and I'm not going to like, I've already decided I'm not going to, I'm just taking like the map. I'm not going to look at time at all on the route. Because um, right. I don't want to like, as much as I like to think that like mentally I understand by now that like I'm not going to be defined by setting FKTs. <laughs> um, like I know that like if yeah. I got halfway around and realized I was already an hour behind, like it would ruin a bit of my day. Whereas now I'm like, I'm just not going to look till the end <laughs> to see where I got. And like, either way, I know I've kind of ridden to the most of my ability on whatever that day was. So that's like my approach with it. I'm not hell bent on setting it. Um, and to be honest, like now looking at it, it's it would be a hard record to beat. <laughs> I would be very surprised if I did. Um, and I ho- hopefully, yeah, got you. If if that's the case, like I just get smoked, um, it it'll just justify what this record is. Um, because my prediction is, it's like the only similar distance, like the most similar thing I've done to this would be like Coca Pelli. 
it's like similar amount of time you know like yep. 10 12 hours somewhere around there um like but i think like from what i've seen of it and i've only seen like 20 30 k's of the trail um it seems like it's going to be significantly harder than that um which like if you think of how well right. known that trail is <laughs> compared to like this one um it'd be cool if like the byproduct of just riding it is more people come and do it because it's like it's pretty amazing so yeah that's like the whole intent behind doing it um and like they reached out to me and were just like hey would you come do it and i was like yeah i'm not doing anything <laughs> like let's go um that was that so you don't like prepare in your training like super specifically you're kind of like always preparing for this sort of thing yeah no i don't do anything um special no uh like i'm never worried about the duration um it's always just like there's always certain things that like you could do i guess more specifically to prepare like with regards to like intensity and stuff but um no i don't know i like I, i've prepared enough <laughs> you know i don't think it's about like yeah <laughs> it's not about like i don't know i think if you're like too prepared you take a little bit away from the ride you know i think you need to be prepared enough that like you're not like um kind of putting yourself in a spot that's like potentially dangerous <laughs> and i think that's like as long as you're not doing something that's reckless yeah. i think like you need to have enough room for something to go wrong for it to be um like really fun <laughs> <laughs> are you going to be listening to any music or like ah uh, that's what the one thing i haven't done um is like make a uh playlist um but i am i am going to take a i think now i'm just going to take the old ipod i found at home remember before i left i have the oh yeah 20 i think it's just use the music on that yeah i think i'll just chuck that on shuffle um and listen to that because it's like a great throwback uh but yeah i'm gonna listen to music (laughs) for sure oh man that'll be fun it'll be super fun um no i'm actually i'm just i know it's just gonna be like a sick day out well dude this has been fantastic yeah nice um i guess the first episode are we catching up next week (laughs) yeah let's let's uh let's catch up after this uh next week perfect i uh i just got the last minute call up to uh uh stage race in Spain next week so <laughs> that should be fun <laughs> we can talk about that <laughs> oh really yeah let's do a mid race yeah. cool chat about that alright man <laughs> right get back in the groove yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice one alright we can hit hit pause there we hit hit the stop button mark one. Oh. I think it's still going. Wait. It just said... When I hit stop record, it said mark one. 
This episode of Ramble was produced and hosted by myself and Lachlan. Executive produced by Isaac Carson and Abby Levine. Music by Lockie. As I mentioned earlier, if you like what you hear, get behind us on Ghost, as well as join our Discord group. You'll be able to get access to exclusive content. You'll be able to connect with you know, our expanding uh, cast of Thereabouts characters. Uh, have your input on what you like, what you want to hear, what you want to see, etc., etc. All of that is available at the link in our bio, on our Instagram, at our website, thereabouts.co. You can subscribe to this podcast as well as, our, as, well as all of our other ones, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening.
Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-